Chapter 14. This is why you <laughs> translate the Roman numerals to normal numbers. <laughs> yeah. All right. Chapter XIV. Ziv. Is that how you'd say that? Oh, no. I'm looking. It is chapter 13. I, I finished this. I'm looking at the wrong page. It yeah, is we're, chapter we're back on 13. 13. Excuse me. XIII. I feel like we should redo this whole intro, but I agree. But it's just so pure and authentic. It is pure and authentic. It's organic. It's what it is. It's, it's going to be weird. It's going to throw people off. They're not used to this format. Sorry, everyone. Chapter thirteen. Uh, teamwork. 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 Which, as we'll get into, I feel like the rival detectives chapter was them actually cooperating. Yeah. Last chapter should have been called Rival Detectives because it was about Fenton and Smuff uh arguing yeah uh, and being rivals and the fact that it ends with them like both sort of vying for the same witness made me think like oh this chapter about teamwork is fenton and smuff working together and given and how, it, how quickly things are resolved in the hardy boys feuds it would make sense you yeah. would expect that yeah maybe they thought hey Mr. Robinson's life, uh, their their well-being, their livelihood is at stake. Yeah. Maybe we should put aside our petty differences. And take that uh, plane ride together. Take that plane ride together. together. And maybe do it together. And Fenton could say, hey, why don't I take the lead? And you can learn from me. Like, like if you revere me as, you know, if you look up to me as, as you do. Yeah, you're easing into chairs when I'm around. Like, you clearly... yeah. Could learn some lessons. Yeah, okay? but I You're feel like that'd be appropriate me. for Fenton to be like, you yeah. know what? Tell you what, you can come if you let me do most of the talking, and in exchange, you can sort of see my process yeah. a little bit. Just and the you, way and I do can... with my boys, you know? Yeah. I'll bring on another guy. You can watch me work. Yeah. Watch me do my thing. Don't ruin this case. Learn from this case. And it'll give you, he'll, Fenton will give him one of those pillows that he has embroidered with like a detective never <laughs> relents their hopes and yeah. disappointment. Not, there was some phrase that he was like, every detective knows that. And there was some <laughs> ridiculous term. I'm like, I don't know that all detectives. Yeah. We'll see. We should call that detective it's on a pillow and ask somewhere. Him. Oh, but so after Smuff leaves the house, Mr. Hardy sits back with a gesture of despair. That man, he said. Handles an investigation so clumsily that Red Jack- Red Jackley will close up like a clam if Smuff manages to question him. At that moment, the telephone rang. Of course it did. Of course it did. Of course, a, a moment of of reflectful thinking has to be interrupted by oh, but there's the telephone. And this is one of those things where it's like, yeah, Franklin W. Dixon. Way to play with pace a little bit. Here, here's there's this moment of like, ah, and then we throw something else, some other action in instead of instant resolution as we are so used to. Yep. But uh, then we get one of these lovely little things of uh, the boys listened as Mr. Hardy. So we only get one end of the conversation that's, hello. Oh, yes, doctor. Is that so? Jack Lee will probably only live, will probably live only until morning. I can see him. Fine. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. I I I struggle that there is no uh compassion in his Did, voice. There's like this guy's yeah, gonna, gonna die. Say, I think And that, he was that, trying to be friends with him. That Franklin W. Dixon might just be AI. It might just be an AI program writing these books. Because humans don't speak like this. No. There's another moment in this specific chapter where someone says something, and in the margins, I write, 
Well, a human wouldn't respond <laughs> this way. My human emotions tell me <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <laughs> these these people are all psychopaths, man. I like to think that this is an opportunity. If he's going to go visit Jackley, and Jackley's in the hospital, he's going to die tomorrow morning. Um, when I think back to the actual chase from last chapter, I'm sorry, the chase didn't happen last chapter. The story about a chase that happened <laughs> yeah. last chapter. But he was on the uh, the <laughs> railroad hand car, and he was so far ahead that they couldn't catch him. There's a good chance that I think Red Jackley did not notice Fenton Hardy in that crowd of people chasing him. Yeah. Which means that I feel like Fenton Hardy could go into this hospital room. With the pirate costume. In his pirate burglar outfit. Yeah, And I be agree. like, hey, old friend. And use hey, a old bit, chum. Yeah. Hey, old chum. Yeah, they do say chum. But yeah. use like his own sort of shaken. He could Brendan Dassey this guy. Yeah, he could Brendan Dassey this guy and be like, "It's it's me, your I'm, old friend, burglar, yeah, burglar dude. Bill. You don't remember me? It's, <laughs> oh, it's old Steve pirate Steve, Stephen Theo <laughs> yeah. over here. I'm a thief, and we're friends. <laughs> he has this crudely photoshopped re- photo, like before photoshopped. <laughs> he just he went around at newspapers, cut them out, and then scanned it. You don't remember our trips it's, together? You can still see the tape on. Yeah, it. they're both wearing red wigs too, and laughing, having a pint. <laughs> <laughs> but in all this, he's he's trying to be like, oh man, do you remember when we went on that trip and then you did the tower robbery? Oh yeah, do you remember that? Oh, tell me about when you did the tower remember robbery. Remember when you framed Mister Robinson? Oh, yeah. that is hilarious. Remember Herd Applegate? His name rhymes with turd. <laughs> they just turd become they bro it out for a second, and then he's like, oh yeah, I do remember that. And that and yellow jalopy. Boom. Well, he has to admit about the jalopy. They oh, have to true. know about the yellow that's one. That's true. He has to get him to say it. And he's like, remember that? What was that, that vehicle that you stole? It was a yellow jalopy. What, what, what color? You got what? something. The Sick. yellow jalopy. Yeah. It had a great tread. <laughs> never forget that <laughs> yeah, tread. Yeah, I never forget that tread. <laughs> I went back for the tire. I love the tread <laughs> yeah. so much. I called that one fat kid and I threatened him. <laughs> I saw him about to stuff his mouth with more food. And I was like, I better <laughs> was, threaten this kid. He was just sitting down to third dinner and i'm like it's threat time what kind of cheese is this bastard eating now (laughs) (laughs) welsh rabbit (laughs) oh god welsh rabbit man i was so confused by that chapter so we are about to get right into the meat of this chapter because oh yeah because you know fenton hardy's saying like hey smuff can't get up there he says i'll take the six o'clock plane to albany but if smuff goes too it may ruin everything the Albany police and I must question Jackley first. When's the next commercial flight after six? Joe asked. Which, hang on, I, I want to. Be, Are you? Wanna, I, yeah, wanna, stop it on that. I'm with you. But he said the Albany police and I must question Jackley first. And if he's talked to the police, if he worked with Albany police to do the arrest, yeah. um, and this lifeless body is laying in, in bed ready to die, I gotta feel like if Smuff made it there. Fenton could have just called the Albany police and been like, hey, you know how this is my case and like we're working on this together? Some idiot's going to yeah. come up there. Just don't let him – you don't have to let him into the hospital He room. could totally lie too. He's the greatest detective. Be like, this guy Oscar Smuff made fake business cards. I think he's an accomplice yeah. of he's Red. A, he also kills police officers <laughs> yeah. for fun. You need to – if this man shows up – Arrest him. Arrest him. And you have the authority right. to do so because it's you have that easy. It's that easy. But that would make it to where this chapter wouldn't be a thing. Right. But it, I, it, I just think that the police, it's not like 
anyone who wants to question Red Jackley can just go on yeah. in. It's, it's, it's okay. Third door on the left. But it's what is this? It's like Dumb and Dumber. Like, sir, you can't go in there. It's okay. <laughs> it's I'm a, a limo driver. <laughs> I'm an amateur detective. <laughs> yeah. You can't question this dying man. So Smuff's plan was to. I don't leave know if you heard, but he's going to die in the morning. Yeah, our science has told us that. Well, how'd you figure that out? Science. We microwaved a baked potato, <laughs> <laughs> and For, well, it it pops after within, twelve after hours. 12 in the microwave yeah. it pops. We thought that's all this guy has too. However <laughs> long that potato lasts, however long this man oh. has, that's science. So Smuff's plan was to Western leave his medicine. house at five thirty to catch the six o'clock plane to Albany. Yeah. Um. So Joe asked, you know, when's the next commercial flight after six? Seven. Then, Frank said, Smuff can take that one and question Jackley later. Come on, Joe. Let's see what we can do to help Dad. So quickly, we find out here that the teamwork is not between Smuff and Jackley – or between Smuff and Fenton, excuse me, but between the Hardy Boys and Fenton Hardy to keep Smuff off the plane. What a great turn of events. This is just mischief. Yeah. This and is, I am all about this. This is horseplay. When I read this, I said, this is my chapter. <laughs> These are my people. I hope people. they do weird things. Mm-hmm. And my God, they do. Well, let's see what we can do to help Dad. Don't you boys do anything rash, their father warned. Oh, we won't. Then, uh, then we go down just a wonderful little rabbit hole here. Uh, so they're like, hey, you know, how do we keep smuff in bayport until seven o'clock and they're like we need to we need to we need to find a way we can't have him bursting into that hospital room and spoiling the chance of dad getting a confession um so they they walk down the street in silence and they realize which is weird they're in the middle of this conversation and you feel like they would logically get to this next part pretty easily they wouldn't have need that long silent walk true also where were they walking that's actually a fantastic question. Like, if you've question, got this yeah. urgent They're task in the to house. take care Their of. Their dad just left. Like, so, yeah. Quick, just like, let's walk down the street in silence. <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like. You know, we do our best thinking while we're walking. Why wouldn't they. Uh, why, why, like, what if they needed disguises? Then they'd have to walk back to the house. Yeah. It would make sense. This to is stay just pointless. At the gymnasium home and base. If they don't give us. What time is it? Yeah. That's. that's you know, not, do they I'd have time to, to walk? But yeah, the, the brothers walked uh, down the street in silence. They realized that the situation was urgent. You should have been running. Yeah. Well, let's round up our gang, Joe suggested oh, finally. Oh, man. So Just the- when we were talking about the gang, too. And, hey, what's going on with the old gang? And where are they hanging out? You know where they're hanging out. On the tennis courts of Bayport High. Hey, fellas. Called out Chad when, <laughs> when he saw Frank and Joe approaching. You're too late for the game. Where you been? We have something important to do, Frank replied. Say, we need your help. And you and I talked about this last chapter, but who's the next line? Tony Prito. Tony Prito's back. I was so Phil stoked. Phil Cohen's back. Jerry Gilroy. I don't remember meeting Jerry Gilroy. Hoop. Bill Hooper. Biff Hooper. Oh, I'm sorry, Biff Hooper. Hoop. Hoop's yep. here. Chet's here. Um, we, we've got we've got the the gang together, which is nice. I don't know if they've got a truck this time, but they're uh, truckless. Spoiler alert. Okay, so what's the matter? Asked Tony Preto, and so they explain. You know, Oscar Smuff's trying to win that thousand dollar reward and get himself on the Bayport police force by interfering in one of Dad's cases. Pause. This is not your father's case. He is a hired detective. That doesn't mean that 
other detectives weren't hired for this case. It's not like you can say dibs on this case. Yeah, you know or, or if if Red Jackley has he's on the hook for two other uh, yeah. jewel thefts around New York. He's working that case. He's not working the yeah, Robinson I wanna, case. I don't want to question about the tower robbery. Yeah, that's not what I'm doing here. <laughs> jewelry thieves and Smuff. You know, love him or hate him, but Oscar's Muff is trying to focus strictly on the tower robbery. Sure, it's because he wants the money, but at least that's what the focus is. He needs the money because Chet didn't pay him after he. That's right. Yeah, he didn't yeah, get three hundred dollars. Chet and the boys to the wrong car, and didn't get paid for it. Obviously, Chet and Chet had to give the money Chet's back. That's an ass. Yeah. So, uh, so what do you want us to do? Bill Hooper asks. So they explain. You know, we need to keep him from catching that six o'clock plane. So. Uh, so then they go through just brainstorming ideas about how they can stop Oscar Smuff from getting to the airport, but not get arrested doing it. Uh, and well, so- they, they also do this thing where they keep saying, well, what do you want us to do? Oh, but so what are we going to do? And they keep repeating like what they're going to do like a thousand times to a point where it's like, why do you keep asking? You clearly know what you're going to do because he states it within the first sentence. That and uh, – so they're saying like, you know, we shouldn't do this without having Chief Colleague lock us up. Are you serious about this, Frank? <laughs> yeah. And then Frank says, <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. If Smuff gets to a certain place before Dad can, the case will be ruined. And I don't mind telling you that it has something to do with Slim Robinson. Chet Morton whistled. Oh, ho! I catch on. <laughs> oh, but I don't mind telling you that it has something to do with Slim Robinson. It doesn't. Yeah. Remember last chapter? Not a thing. This has nothing to do connects. with tower robbery. Yeah, yeah, nothing connects this other than a hunch that a yeah. jewel thief with a red wig uh, came to Bayport to rob the Tower Mansion um, and somehow knew the combination. Yeah. Also, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a break from the Hardy Boys for a second just to say that. This, to me, is Brett Hoy's new catchphrase of, oh, ho, hoy, I catch on. And that's what happens in the show whenever Brett finds uh, an attractive female that he wants to pursue. I catch on. He caught one. Okay. He catches on. Oh, ho, I catch on. Yeah. I thought that was great. I like that. Yeah. And back to business. Yes. By the way, speaking of business, thanks for the money, Brett. Brett, once again, I mean, we can't believe... That you're up to 50. We can only imagine that you're going to keep going higher from there for all the great uh, content we've been giving you. The perks. The perks, all the amazing shout-outs. It's lovely. Can't beat it, Hoy. So so the the tower business is Chet. Um, If that's it, we'll make sure the 6 o'clock plane leaves without that nutty detective. And then this next little sentence is flagged for me, and that is uh, Chet had a special dislike for Smuff. Because Smuff had reported him once for swimming in the bay after hours. <laughs> and I thought, Smuff also tried to extort you for money on yeah, a, a weak clue. Out of all the things you're the mad about swimming this reprimand, <laughs> which clearly has affected his opportunities in life. I also, this is the first time we're hearing about did it. Did Chet have to say the nutty detective? Like, he couldn't have said crazy. It had to be nutty. It had to be a food-related phrase. <laughs> Come on. Come Chet. on. It's with the food puns. You could have done better than this. So our problem, said Phil Cohen solemnly, is to keep Smuff here and to keep out of trouble ourselves. 
So in yes, which I was just like, yes, that's still, has this not been established? That's still <laughs> the thing that all five of you have asked if that's what's happening, yeah, and you've it, been told every time, yes, we get right, it exactly. We get it. So Jerry Gilroy says, let's put our heads together, fellas, and work out a plan. And so then dozens of ideas, a dozen ideas were put forth, each wilder than the one before. And Biff Hooper uh, had the idea to set him adrift in the bay uh, in an open boat. We could rescue him later, he said. To where I thought, okay, Buffalo Biff, chill out. (laughs) Well, then it says, you know, we could rescue him later, he said. And then the proposal was so ridiculous. That the others howled with laughter. Yeah, this man is confessing to wanting to kidnap a man, tie bricks around his ankle, and throw him into a river. We'll That's rescue him at the murder. last minute. We'll yeah. rescue him at we'll the last the, minute, probably. Just make him think, let's waterboard him. I got an idea. Yeah. Jesus criminy. Well, I, then the others howled with laughter, and I keep thinking, like, this is once again where lives are at stake. Yeah. A red, red Jackley's gonna die. You know it's B, about slim. The this Robinsons, yeah, their their livelihood is over, and this is just boys throwing around a dozen ideas, yeah. getting more and more ridiculous. Like, do work, do yeah. work, guys, do a job, do something. I'm not lie. I feel like if I was there, I I would be Buffalo Biff in this situation where I'd just be throwing out funny ones too. Just, I mean, someone's got to be the clown, just distracting people when yeah, you can. Pretty much, yeah. So, uh, so then, oh, Phil. Phil Cohen suggested setting the detectives watch back an hour. That plan, as Frank observed, was a good one, except for the minor difficulty of laying hands on the watch, in which I just underlined minor? Yeah. That's an extreme difficulty. The man wears it on his wrist. You could scrape some flex off the watch with a pen Yeah, how are you going to get that close to him and just be like, oh, how can I distract a man to legitimately set it back an hour? It's not an easy task. Even if it's a pocket watch, you have to lift up things and twist it and come on. Yeah, so here – What if he he has two watches? Yeah, or what if he has a clock at his house? (laughs) Yeah. What if he looks at the clock and knows that it's 30 minutes before his flight? He's like, okay, I'm going to get my car and drive away. Oh, wait. All of a sudden this just changed. Or look at the clock and then be like on his way to the airport. Be like, oh, I forgot to put my watch on today. Yeah, just a bad it, idea. I left it on that open windowsill. What? A, so the boys didn't have a problem resetting it. Oh, they just didn't end up putting it on. Here's, here's my favorite one. Uh, we might send him a warning not to take a plane before 7 o'clock, Tony Predio said. And sign it with a skull and crossbones. And then I imagine Tony looking over to him and goes... Hey, your dad has a pirate's costume, right? <laughs> hey, Victor, your dad's got a pirate's costume, hey, Victor. right? Maybe we grab it, we sign it with skull and crossbones, and then we hide around the house and just like pop up as pirates. So he thinks he's these ghost pirates after him. Yeah, that's not a bad idea, except, wait a minute, fellas, Frank spoke up. If Smuff ever found out who wrote it, we'd be up to our necks in trouble. We could all be arrested. No. No, you. You don't get yeah. arrested for writing. Don't get on a plane on a note. Yeah, it's one thing if you like right into today the airport. In, in modern like, times, hey, we yeah. put a bomb on the plane. But like, don't let smuff on. In then this you get time, arrested. In this time, there weren't security concerns like that. Well, was anyone arrested for the threatening call to Chet Morton? No. So I'm saying. Well, they don't know what color hair he had. It was a phone call. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> they only knew if he was wearing a hat or not. Good thing he had a distinctive voice. He sounded like uh, Robin Williams' brother and Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> if only I had more strength. 
<laughs> Wait, is that is that Red Jackley's voice? That's are Red we Jackley. assuming that Red Jackley? Yeah. Are, well, let me ask this. At this point, are you assuming that Red Jackley is suspect no. number one? They're gonna they're gonna tell us who it is on the last page. Like, oh wait, there was also another guy who was in town that we didn't tell you about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what I think is gonna okay. happen. My suspect number one has not been even shown in this book yet. Okay. I was listening to a previous episode. So so when these episodes so we're recording right now and this will come out in February, but today's January something. Yeah. Um but when the episodes come out, I listen to them. I I I try to see where we do well, where oh, yeah. we don't. And in that you mentioned when when they first met the Applegates, uh Turd Applegate and the you know, we're we're in that house for the first time. The sister is briefly mentioned, who is oh, a maiden right. woman of uncertain yeah. years, is how she was described. Oh, yeah. And she could be a suspect. She yeah. would know the combination, but that's the only mention of her has been mm, that. So I that, don't know if we just spoiled nope. the book. Uh, you're but right. That's, that's a flag. All right. So it's either the sister or it's this whole secondary family thing. It's either Mrs. Robinson framing her husband or it's the sister. Yeah. Some kind of insurance fraud. Or maybe the sister had an affair with... Mr. Robinson. Now we're talking. You know? I so think makes there's an affair somewhere within here, and I know it. Oh, yeah. And it's not... Well, two affairs. One is Fenton and his other family. Yeah, and one is Mrs. Robinson and... Yeah. Or Mr. Robinson and... Uh, and sister. Applegate. Yeah, turd sister. Winona Applegate, we're going to call her. Okay, fine with me. I like that. That's a keen idea. Um, Chet cried. And then, and then he, here we go. I know. Joe cried suddenly, snapping his fingers. Why didn't I think of it before? And it's so simple, too. Mm. Well, There's tell also, us, Frank Urch. But yeah. this is one of those places where it's like, of all the places to build tension and not release it, this is like <laughs> another time that one of the boys has been like, I've figured everything out. Yeah. And they I've just they stop it. talking. And they're like, well, well <laughs> yes. what is it? Go on. Are you going to say anything? Tell us. There's also uh, uh, Frank, before he got into that, he goes... Uh, Wait a minute, wait a minute, fellas, Frank spoke. If Smuff ever found out who wrote it, we'd be up to our neck in troubles. And uh, all I could think is that uh, right now, Sean and I should be up to our neck with Patreon supporters. So uh, yeah. let's go ahead and, free. and pause the podcast, everyone, and go over to www.patreon.com, uh, Hardy and Sons podcast, and go ahead and uh, hit that support button. Um, if you can't. We get not everyone is is as rich as Fenton Hardy. Uh, we would appreciate it if you went to hardyandsonspodcast dot com and there's a little there's a little uh, form on that page, and if mm. you just wrote us a little note, yes, saying I can't support you on Patreon right now, but I appreciate what you're doing for the community for the world. That would that's would mean that's priceless. Or give us a rating. Give us a rating yeah. on, on iTunes, iTunes Stitcher, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you do your thing. Yeah, wherever you listen to this, go ahead and give us a rating. Yeah, that'd be so fun. we can be up to our necks in ratings. So, uh, so Joe Joe has a simple plan. Yeah. He says, "Would you like to read Joe's plan?" Because I don't know that I think it's that simple, but we'll see. Joe explained that every once in a while, he and Frank went down to Rocco's Fruit Store to act as clerks while the owner went to supper. He stayed open evenings until nine. Rocco is only a block away from Smuff's house. Smuff, Smuff knows Frank and I go there, so he wouldn't be surprised to see us in the neighborhood. I suggest that a bunch of us meet casually down near the store, and one boy after another... 
and one boy after another stopped Smuff to talk. What the hell? Maybe we can get him into the shop. You know Smuff loves to eat. You can't hate him for that. Can you imagine who said that one? Chet. Chet Chet spoke up. I'd be glad to invite him in and buy him an apple for his trip. And Chet and his apples again. I don't quite get that connection. I don't either. So so Joe's big idea is they're going to go near Smuff's house under the cover that they sometimes work as clerks at Rocco's Fruit Store. So Rocco can eat supper. So Rocco can eat supper. But that's how... Because if, if Smuff sees these kids, Smuff will be like, hey, wait a minute. Oh, wait. These guys sometimes work as clerks at Rocco's <laughs> Fruit Store, and that's probably why they're in the neighborhood. Hey, boys, is Rocco eating dinner? They just know. Whenever the boys are there, it's, it's Rocco's dinner time. So Tony Preto is Italian. We're, we're oh, assuming. Yeah. And once again... Uh, if you're just joining us on the podcast, these books were rewritten in 1959 because they were too racist toward Italians, among other things. Yeah. Um, and Tony Preto, I feel like, has gotten off pretty easy. Oh, big time. Every time he comes up, I'm like, oh, God, what are they going to do to Tony Preto? Nothing um, How are they going to be mean to him or rude to him? Yeah. They're not. But so then, uh, so then as we get to know Mr. Rocco here... Uh, Rocco was a hardworking man who had come from Italy only a few years ago. He was a simple, genial person and had great admiration for the Hardy Boys. And I just like that feels so lame and manufactured yeah. to me that like before that's, before that's, the revisions, I'm sure it was like Rocco was an arrogant, <laughs> loudmouthed greaseball they who hated a, the Hardy dude, Boys. They have a picture of him. Oh no, that was a picture of Smub. Yeah, uh, that was what I wrote in the margins too. What do you think this original text said? Yeah. <laughs> Because it definitely wasn't. Yeah. He was he was a simple, genial person. He, he was hardworking. Hard Immediately, I thought, no, that's not what it said. Yeah, it didn't say that. It did not say that. He lets little boys come <laughs> in and run his shop while he eats supper. That's not a hardworking man. Yeah. Boys got to eat. Boys got to eat. Dogs got to hunt. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, they, uh, so Frank and Joe are going to persuade Rocco to let them run the store, which will let the boys, the other people... Talk to Smuff. Yeah. I feel like they don't need Rocco's permission. If, again, they're just in the area because that would work. Yeah, why Smuff... do they have to be running the store? They can't just be inside of the store to be another diversion as well? Yeah, or or near it to just, yeah. and say, like, oh, we were on our way there because, you know, we're going to cover later. But right now we've got some questions for you, Smuff. There's a lot of things they could have yes, done better. This plan is much more difficult than the others, and it's way sillier. Yeah. Like, what if he's just like, I don't want to talk to you boys. Now get out of the street. I'm going to run you over. Well, you make that joke, but uh, I think that's exactly where we're headed. Um, So the whole group makes their way toward the fruit store, but only the Hardys went inside. The others spread out to watch for Smuff, who is expected to leave his house soon. Now, I would normally skip this just little exchange as they ask uh, Rocco, you know, can we run the store? But the way... yeah. The way that they write Rocco's words, oh yeah, I just that's feel gonna, like they forgot to take the racism out. That's exactly and, when you brought it up about Oscar's muff. I was immediately like, "Oh, I can't wait for Sean to read Rocco." Oh God, poor Rocco, poor Mister Rocco. So they walk into the fruit store and they found the dark-eyed Rocco sorting oranges. And I wonder what adjective was there before yeah. the dark-souled Rocco sorting oranges. <laughs> Buonasera, he said. Good evening. How you like my fix the place? (laughs) 
<laughs> you know what? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to read his his lines, but I'm not going to do an accent no, to to let the well, words. Yeah, that's shine. actually true. Yeah, that's what he doesn't actually. Yeah, if you want to take Frank's Looks line, it swell. Frank answered, "New bins, better light. How does your neighbor Smuff like it?" Rocco threw up his hands in a gesture of disgust. Oh, that man, he make me mad. He say I charge too much. He tell me I ought to go back to old country. Whoa. And then here, this paragraph alone, I thought, okay, wow, A, smuff. Not cool. Yeah. That's not something you say to people. No, not your local fruit stand, too, that you get all your food from. Yeah, don't tell people to go back to old country. Get out of our country, yeah. But then also, at the same time, like... For the author to shame Smuff for being like, yeah, and Smuff said this awful stuff to this guy. But at the same time, the author is also writing really broken English on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're being mean to everyone here. The yeah. author's being rude to everyone. But uh, don't pay any attention to him, Joe advised. Say, Mr. Rocco, you look tired. Why don't you go home for an hour or so and let Frank and I take over here? Weird. Very weird. Yeah. With like yeah. again, when we zoom back out to like, hey, these two high schoolers just came in, noticed I have new bins and better lights, and they told me to go home. <laughs> yeah. So they tell me I look I tired. Went. Yeah. In which you think I look tired? That <laughs> worry my wife. <laughs> then Rosa say I must close up early. Rocco sighed. You very kind boys. I do what you say. Come back six thirty. And I was just my note the Narjan was um. No? <laughs> Just, no. I don't accept this. I, I don't accept this. You don't accept You the, don't just go up to someone like, you know what? You look tired. Oh, my wife not going to like that. I better go home. early. Come back 6.30. Come back 6.30. It's 5.30. What are you going to do for an hour? Are you going to take a little nap, Rocco? Or what? Probably have a, some uh, spicy I, meatball. I do not <laughs> accept this. I don't accept this. And I don't accept what comes next. It's spicy me both. I liked my own joke there so much. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I did hear it, but I, I you yeah. know, I what what stereotypical cliche Italian things are you gonna do during this one hour away? Oh, I'm a, I'm a play me mandolin. <laughs> I got Super Mario Brothers on the TV. <laughs> Super Mario, it's twins. my favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> the one with Bob Hoskins? Yes. <laughs> So uh, so he leaves. And it says, as Rocco removed his apron, he said, I fixed trash and yard to burn. You do that? And all I thought was, hey, thanks for the global warming, Mr. Rocco. <laughs> He's got... Yeah, again, there aren't laws So back now, then. not only does he have black eyes and a dark soul... Um, He's got rotten fruit, but now he's also burning trash and polluting the air. Yeah. Yeah, they don't like him. The no, author does not it, like this person. It's clearly broken English. So so Rocco shows Rocco shows them an incinerator in the yard and then left the store. And five minutes later... Which I'm thinking Hooper's like, you know what? We could easily just push Smuff in there and then be over with this. <laughs> Hooper. <laughs> Hooper, come Take on. a back seat. Jesus, dude. <laughs> I'm down. just saying... <laughs> As it freeze frames on him. <laughs> Roll credits. <Yeah. laughs> One of these days. One of these days. So uh, five minutes later, there was a whistle from the street. A signal from Jerry. So Frank and Joe go to the front door to watch, which, again, uh, Rocco could have been working the store. Yeah. At this point, Rocco not being there, 
is so it does immaterial. Nothing. Yeah, it does nothing. It, yeah. They could have just been at this store. Yeah. It's just one other complicated task for this plan that could have been very simple. Uh, yeah. But then it wouldn't have felt like a plan at all. Yeah. So, uh, so Frank and Joe go to the front door to watch. Smuff was just backing his car. <laughs> I just imagined Hooper standing on the sidelines, holding up two bricks. Like now, <laughs> now, no, no, just Hooper, holding a fire extinguisher <laughs> over his head, ready to just conk him with Hooper, it. Hooper, stand <laughs> down. <laughs> Put down the fire extinguisher. <laughs> Uh, sorry, that's the last Hooper, I promise. No, no, let that's him, the last let him Hooper. ride. So, uh, so Phil hurries over and stops Smuff as Smuff's backing out. And the detective and the boy apparently get into an argument, but it did not last long enough to satisfy this, Frank this and Joe. This me, too. They apparently got in an argument? Are you not the writer? Like, how do you not know if they got into the argument or not? Yeah, it's this book clearly isn't written from the Hardy Boys' perspective, as yeah. a lot of it happens elsewhere. But yeah, so you could have uh, just said they got into an argument, but it didn't last long enough to satisfy Frank and Joe. The conversation look, took less <laughs> yeah, than I two just minutes. imagine them in the story, like, "Well, I'm not satisfied. Neither am I. I'm, I'm not, not satisfied. satisfied about this Are one you bit. Satisfied, Are you Frank? satisfied with I'm this? I'm not satisfied, Frank. No, no. They so here, here here's a, a point of timeline that I'd like to to start clarifying. Uh, so the conversation took less than two minutes. Then Smuff backed around into the street. Okay, so that is what's happened to this yeah. point. Smuff has backed his car into the street. It's 5.32. Regardless of what time it is, he's backed his car into the street. Hey, Frank, said Joe. Oh, God. I have an idea. Go light that trash. Make it a roaring fire. Okay, fine. Sure. Yeah. Without further explanation, he dashed into the street, but Frank figured out what was in his brother's mind. He dashed through the store and into the yard. Quickly, he lighted the papers in the incinerator in several places, and the rubbish blazed lustily. Um, have you ever started a fire? Oh, in, yeah. In your life? Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah, all the time. Have you ever quickly started a blazing fire? No. 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 You start off with the kindling wood. Well, you get the, the ashes going. A fire doesn't you get, get you going get the embers. quickly. The embers yeah. have to be hot. It's usually around log three that my fire starts to blaze. Even if you have a giant pile of wood, yeah. if you light it, it's it will start. catch fire very slowly. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you start with kindling and do it properly, yeah. save for like gasoline-fueled explosion. Hell yeah. Fire does not quickly. It doesn't say Frank went out there with a flamethrower. And it's rubbish. Rubbish is going to be like rotten fruit. Uh, cartons mm. and stuff like mm. this is not highly flammable mm. stuff we're talking yeah. here. This is trash. Yeah. It's going to smolder at best. Yeah, that's true. A, sh- a smoldering fire. Smoldering. So, Smelting. Joe was intently watching the scene down the street. Smuff was now being interviewed by Biff, and Chet came forward to urge Smuff to take some fruit with him. The detective hesitated, then shook his head and started off in his car. And I just thought, what a lot! Like he backed in, and then they have this whole conversation. He goes and starts a fire. And still, he's not yeah. gone anywhere. Like, I don't know. You're not wrong. The timeline doesn't make sense. No. So, uh, so only five of the necessary 15-minute delay had elapsed. Joe hesitated no longer. Running down the street, he held up one hand for the oncoming car to stop. Come quick, Smuff, he called out. There's a, there's a fire back of Rocco's. There's a fire back of Rocco's. This is the line. This is why he's not top 10. <laughs> this, is, this is why he's not top 10 in the class. Yeah. 
Oops. Uh, I'm sorry. I guess Franklin W. Dixon thought he was writing Rocco's dialogue for a second. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they just pretend to be Rocco whenever they're working at the store. It does that, too. You get into character a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. So, yeah, they're, they're getting uh, a smuff back there. Well, you put it out. I'm in a hurry, the detective told the boy tartly. Tartly. Tartly, yeah. It's it very tart. Okay. When, I, when he said that, in my head, I was just like, well, he said that tartly. That probably and then tart. I was like, oh, the narrator said it was tartly, too. That's exactly what I was thinking. That's how I read it. You mean you let all of Bayport burn down just because you're in a hurry? Well, I'm sorry, Joe, but aren't you kind of doing the same thing right now? You're starting this giant wildfire and then leaving it? Yeah, this whole argument... Uh, and then so so they do ultimately convince Smuff to to come inside. Smuff winced but still didn't move. And then Joe says, uh, "Well, Frank and I will have to take care of it alone." And then the detective's like, "Well, I I don't want to miss the chance to be a hero." Yeah. What let you get all the glory? Yeah, I'm gonna go help. Put I out can this put fire. this fire out. But Smuff hubris for them. <laughs> Smuff fire hubris. The, like this concept of them chasing just Oscar Smuff down. Who we can now see in this photo. There, there's a photo, excuse me. There's a sketch. There's an illustration in the book. Um, here oh, yeah, on we page finally see his body. Yeah, Smuff is not a fit gentleman. No, he's a, he's a very... He's a, he's a Chet Morton type. Yeah, he's got... Actually, a... Chet Morton's in much better shape. Chet, oh, Chet was actually a very thin-looking lad. Yeah, we saw Chet. This guy, he's portly. He's got his detective's hat on. Uh, it could be a driving cap, actually. He's in the car. Yeah. Uh, and he's got his plaid. He all looks plaid like the suspect. Suit. Yeah, he does, actually. Now that I'm looking at yeah, this... Yeah. Put oh a red, can we a add a red wig Spare on his head? Spare thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you. Smuff did it, if he's trying to get up and kill Jack, like smother mm-hmm. red Jackleys mm-hmm. before Jackley can be like, no, I didn't, but I know who did. It was this yeah. guy, Oscar Smuff. Smuff could be our guy. Smuff could be the guy, actually. That's, guy. that's not a bad idea. Also, he could just be trying to be the greatest detective. And he thinks, you know what? If I commit the crime, I just turned myself in and I solved it. And you get that thousand dollars. Get the thousand dollars. Use, $200 yeah. it, for Use it for bail. Yeah, Booyah. That's they not a bad idea. Now he's going off to Puerto baby. Rico. Yeah, <laughs> Smuff's about to be on the beach, dude, getting his little uh, Oscar's muff tan and steal Fenton Hardy's second family. Okay, so we have another possible ending. This is exciting. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So let's see here. Uh, so the fire is is currently blazing. Smuff is is. Wanting to be the hero in this, they run back. Uh, they know the fire's in the backyard. Smuff dashed inside the door and hurried to the yard. By this time, the Hardy's friends had gathered in Rocco's fruit store. They asked excitedly what was going on. Frank, Joe, yelled Smuff from the rear of the store. Where's Rocco? Where's a pail? Where's some water? Uh-oh. In all this, I'm thinking one of two things is true. Either Smuff got back there and it was like a small contained fire in the incinerator and the smoke could be seen from the street and that's what they used to lure Smuff in. Yeah. Uh, In which case, if that's true, then like you could either leave it because it's a controlled burn in in an incinerator or it's not big enough where you can just, you know, get a little bit of water. Stomp it out. Yeah, stomp it out, spread it around. If it's just in a yard, it's probably not that big of a deal. Or... Frank started a fire so irresponsibly, like out of the incinerator, right up next to the building, to where when Smuff sees it, he has to have this reaction of like, oh, God, where's Rocco? We need a bucket. We need water because this thing's out of control. Oh, yeah. And I'm just wondering – so 
for those of you not reading along, this is the la- that was the last sentence of the chapter. That's their cliffhanger is they've started some fire, which we as readers don't know the scale of. Yeah. Um, but it now has Smuff uh, in a tizzy as he's Ooh, trying to... Thank you. Good word. As he's trying to put out uh, this fire. And, and there's in one other... In my mind, it is a blazing, roaring fire now. Well, also... In this, uh, as Frank ran out, so Frank had started the fire in the back. He runs yeah, out the runs front. runs away from it. But he, he runs past Smuff and says, the, the fire is, is back there in the yard. Frank pretended to pant. But then says, you go look and see if we ought to turn in an alarm. And I don't know how fire works back then. <laughs> but I feel like you don't send someone else back. And then have them be like, oh, yeah, you could probably get it. Let's yeah, turn let's in not an alarm. Do it. Yeah, well, let's turn in an alarm. This has <laughs> engulfed half this building, and the the block is in danger. You think now's yeah. a good time to send in the alarm? Give it five more minutes. I'm gonna have that apple. Yeah. And I'm gonna think about it. Chet, how are we looking on that apple? Still, yeah. you promised an apple for the trip, Chet. <laughs> no, I don't know. I just don't. I, I feel like this whole chapter, this teamwork, was. The boys lie to a store owner to take advantage uh, of his uh, proximity to this rival detective who they're trying to sabotage is what they're doing. They're trying to sabotage Smuff's efforts. Yeah. And uh, in an attempt to sabotage that, they light a fire. My biggest complaint about this is that they say, hey, let's not do anything illegal. Let's not do anything to get in trouble. Thank you. But you know what? Let's light this fire. Let's light this fire, which again is either Let's a burn problem this or it's not. It's a problem. And if it's a if it's a problem where where Smuff is is into it, then they've done a very very bad thing. And I feel yeah. like they would go to the cops who, because they're obviously arrested for arson. Yeah. They they go to the cops um and they're like, "Look, we're we're so sorry." And the cops would be like, "Why don't you guys just like write a note that said don't get on the plane and put a skull and crossbone <laughs> on it?" That would Doesn't have been your dad fine. have a pirate suit? That's better than arson. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, why don't why not put Smuff in a boat and push him out to sea? Why not? Yeah, why not? Why light a fire at an things. innocent yeah. man's store? Yeah. Light Smuff's house on fire if you're gonna light a fire. Yeah. Or they're gonna be like, Well, he was Italian. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. did good, kids. Or or they they call in the alarm and the fire department's like, wait, is that Rocco's shop? <laughs> yeah. Let it Let burn. It burn. <laughs> Light him up. Dies tomorrow morning, just yeah. like Red Jackley. <laughs> oh, man. What a thrill. Well, I just have to say, I feel bad for these poor teens. Let's see what happens in Chapter 14's 